When you hear this, when you see this piece of bread cracked and broken, what does it make you feel like and what does it make you think of? What sort of image does it conjure up in your mind? What kind of feeling do you get at the pit of your stomach when you see and you hear the body of Christ ripped and torn apart at the altar? We're going to receive communion this day from the reserved sacrament from a Monday Thursday service last night. In a few moments, your clergy will go into the chapel and bring in the bread and the wine that was blessed last night. You will come forward, and communion will be administered in silence. No word will be said as that body is cracked and placed in your hands, and that chalice touches your lips. It will all be in silence. Honor each year when I hear this gospel read, I wonder if only a very cold, very callous, very unfeeling person could hear this and not feel something, not feel the pain, the hurt, the agony that's so overwhelming on this day. Honor for me by the time we get to the beatings and the scourgings, the agony and the pain he is going through, and I've cried out, crucify him, crucify him. When we get to that point of his death and everything is still and quiet, I get a lump in my throat and almost get sick to my stomach. And so we'll ask you this day, why? What does this week we call holy have to be? Why does it have to end in death? Why does Jesus have to die on a cross, that stark naked cross that will be brought into this church in just a few moments? Let me say, if we quickly and nonchalantly say he died for our sins and move on to Easter, we miss what this day is all about. This day and this week had to be, but we have what we call Christianity. If Jesus had lived a long life, lived a good long life, died, and then been resurrected. No, we would not be here. I think this Friday, this week had to be. This cross, the broken body of Christ had to be. Yet we still sit here and ask why. I know many theories have been handed down and debated over the centuries. It's been suggested that God could only forgive human beings because Jesus paid the price. Jesus paid the price once for all for our sins, that the cross had to be in order for God to have the mercy, the compassion, and the love to forgive me of my sins. But I forgive my child. I forgive my child when they've done wrong, when they've done wrong. I'm forgiven by another when I've wronged them without some innocent person having to suffer in my place and die. I believe both the nature of sin and the nature of God are distorted by an idea such as this. The prodigal son, the woman taken in adultery, were both forgiven and forgiven at once without any innocent blood being shed on their behalf. We also sometimes call what happened to Jesus punishment. 
punishment inflicted by God. But wasn't he doing exactly what he believed was his father's will? Didn't he cry out in the garden of Gethsemane, not my will but yours be done? And we watch his son, a son in great mental and emotional distress, saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Do only what he thinks he is called to do by his father. And the church calls it punishment. And what good did it do to punish an innocent man for something I'm going to do 2,000 years later? This distorts the being and the nature of God, which I believe is love itself. It's also been said that Jesus had to die to buy off the anger of the devil, that only through his death could reconciliation with God for human beings be made possible. The favorite theory for the first nine centuries of Christianity was that Jesus' death was God's deal with the devil. The devil was being paid a ransom by God so he would let human beings out of his clutches and not keep them in hell. The God I believe in, the God I trust, the God I love is not like this. I still say, though, this day, this cross is necessary. I want to offer this day an understanding of the cross that has meaning for me and hopefully for you, although there will still be a lot of questions. On the human level, Jesus came into contact with the authorities and they killed him, and that's all. On the divine level, what it can tell us about the nature of God, I think, is twofold. It reveals to me God's reaction to human sin, to be hurt by it, to suffer with it, but to go on loving and go on loving without any reprisal or meeting violence with violence. And let me tell you, no person can do more, more than die to show love for someone else. This cross tells me that God will never stop offering and showing love for me, that God will go to the uttermost will follow me to the depths of my being and be with me in all aspects of my life. And for me, this is love. This is God. And this is the cross. Hanging on that cross, Jesus made a covenant with us that he will never, ever break. He gave himself to you and me for better, for worse, richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. It's his visible pledge of who he is and what he does. In hanging there, in hanging there, Christ made a sacred bond and pledge to stand by us, to never ever give up on us, no matter how far we may stray, no matter how far what we may do, no matter who we are. And so when you come forward this day and you hear that bread crack, and that broken, jagged body of Christ is placed in your hand, and that wine touches your lips. Simply close your eyes, take a deep breath, and say thank you.